Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Milwaukee Brewers, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, Rowdy. The Milwaukee Brewers are in fuego. They literally are turning up the heat. As the uh, the temperature goes down a little bit here in Wisconsin, Brewers go out west and light it up in San Francisco. One, two, three in a row. You got owned by Lorenzo Cain, San Francisco Giants. Jace Peterson, Willie Adamas, a collection of arms coming out of the bullpen. Because again, this I, I can never understand how Brett Anderson can never get like a legit start under his belt. Something always happens to Brett Anderson. It's like Murphy's Law falls around Brett Anderson. What ever can go wrong with this guy will go wrong. Somehow, Brewers though. Well, not somehow. I know how they did it. Lorenzo Cain, Rowdy five. Rowdy, Rowdy. The Brewers win again. It is absolutely incredible what we saw five to two last night. How about that game? Latest game so far of the series. As you, you, uh, what time did it get over last night? And again? I'm going I to go asleep. out on a limb, kind of like saying how I think the Brewers are going to win the division, like a real limb here, yeah. and say it'll be the latest game of the series since uh, first pitch day is two forty five. Two forty five first. Th- thank you for the two forty five first pitch. I don't. I don't think that this one can go ten hours. No. Um, I really hope not. Yeah, because uh, last night it made it to 12.32 a.m. And before that, it was uh, the night before it was 11.57. Yep, and the, the night before that, midnight on the head. Yeah, midnight right on the nuts. Brewers get it done last night. There is a fever. I can I can feel it. Check your temperature. It's not it's not the Rones. It's not any other. Well, the flu doesn't exist anymore. It's Brewers fever, Rowdy. That is what is inflicting us right now, and it's a good, good infliction as the Brewers just, oh my God, four in a row total, three over the Giants. Is it going to happen today, Rowdy? I mean, is it going to happen? Are we going to get a four-game sweep over the Giants today? Well, with that, with that win last <laughs> night, well, with that win last night, what the Milwaukee Brewers did was officially win the season series with the San Francisco Giants. Yes, sir. Because obviously earlier in the season, about a month ago, at Miller or at American Family Field. Nice catch. Uh, the San Francisco Giants won two out of three games, and they were two games in which the Milwaukee Brewers blew it. The Brewers should have swept the Giants in three games in American Family Field about a month ago. Mm-hmm. They then uh, go on the road to San Francisco, late West Coast games. They win three straight. One, two, three. And now they look to go for the complete sweep, but they have officially won the series with the Giants this so season. That's the tiebreaker. And now. The only team in the NL Central and the NL West that they still don't, uh, they they are going to have to, um, I guess, decide their records on the season are with the Cardinals, Cardinals and the Dodgers. They have to win one out of three games with the Dodgers the last series of the season to win that season series with the Dodgers. Because the Brewers own the NL West. Correct. And they only, ha- and I believe they have. 10 more games against the Cardinals, and they only have to win half of them to win that series. My God. They, they are about to run the table in the season series with every single team in the NL Central <laughs> and the NL West. And remember we were talking about, and a lot of the national media was saying how the NL Central wasn't a good division? Yes. Now I do remember the, that. Now all of a sudden, look at it. You have the Brewers, who are currently the third best, or I guess... Uh, the Brewers are 82-52. and 52. That's yeah, They're the fourth best team in Major League Baseball. Third in the NL. Third in the NL. Then you look around and you see that Cincinnati is now leading for that number two wild card spot. Yes, sir. They're seventy-two and sixty-three. You have the Cardinals pitching staff, at least starting rotation, which is starting to get healthy, and they're starting to win games. They're sixty-eight and sixty-four. Thankfully, did you see that they had a double header with the Reds and they split? Yeah, I did see that. That plays right into the Brewers' hands. That's very nice. Thank you. And you have the Padres who are falling off the face of the earth. <laughs> Rowdy, so now all of a sudden nice. you have three teams that are contending in the Central, and you still have, I guess, the three teams in the West. But that Central that the Padres, Rowdy. so much uh, worse than that NL West did earlier this year is starting to round into form and become a much better division. And plus, the NL East, that's just a mess. 
one, the Mets are falling apart. Oh, dude, they have more drama. We'll talk about yeah. with the Mets. Two, the Phillies haven't been playing great baseball. And three, the hottest team in that division, the Atlanta Braves, just blew two out of three games. Oh, dude, they, yeah. They just got swept by the Dodgers, and they blew the last two games of the series as they had late leads the, late in the those NL games. The NL East is a mess. The Braves, who lead it, are four and six their last ten. Only the Phillies in their last ten have a winning record, six and four. The Mets are four and six. The Nets are two and eight, and the Fish are four and six. But the Milwaukee Brewers... My God, took the series against the Giants, clinched a winning record, extended the division lead. One more game, Ebo. One. I've officially gotten a push on that season win total. One oh more. Oh, my God. And one more win, the and best, it's cash. The best thing about it all is, I mean, awesome for the Brewers, but more awesome for our guy over here, Rowdy Razor, Nelly, because he took the Brewers over win total. It was of 82 Rowdy took it. uh, When did you do that in Iowa? Rowdy went to Dubuque, the sports book. Last winter. And he's like, you know what? I'm feeling it for the crew. And you're going to get it. I mean, the Brewers. You're going to get it. The the Brewers can't possibly go 0 28, right? No. Nelly Nelly put down half a G on the Milwaukee Brewers. In Dubuque, and said, "I'm feeling it, and my man's going to cash out." I mean, you could do it. You could do it before next. You could do it this weekend, Rowdy. Hell, you could do it. What Friday night? I mean, we could do it this afternoon. Oh yeah, totally. I got my math was off there at six oh eight in the morning. My man Rowdy getting it done. Uh, Muzz infamous. Our guy Jet on Twitch.tv. Search my name. Ebo says it to follow. He says that's a series win, boys. That's just dominance from the Milwaukee Brewers. Dominance. They own the NL West. Everyone, all the national pundits just beat off religiously over the NL West rowdy. And, and last I think time I think the Brewers more and more clear too that it's in my in my mind it's becoming more and more clear that the the real horse race here and what I think it's going to come down to in the playoffs is a nice little rematch in the NLCS between the Dodgers and the Brewers. Oh baby. Oh, and, and by the way, I want that. I want that. Since, I want that. And if if things continue the way it is, this time it won't be the Brewers that have home field advantage. Ooh. It will be the Dodgers, which would be poetic justice for them to go to L.A. and win the series and like they did beat at their ass. Uh, what was used to be Miller Park. Yeah. Oh my God, Rowdy. This is uh, this is really a special. I can't believe. And oh, by the way, that win total for the Brewers. They're now on pace for ninety nine wins. Ninety nine. I think our guy Tommy called in yesterday. Well, I don't think I know. Tommy called in yesterday and said he's feeling one hundred wins for the Milwaukee Brewers. They are on pace right now for ninety nine. I'm gonna. I think I should just do a simple, a simple Twitter poll to start the show. Do you think the Brewers will get a hundred or more wins? Yay or nay? Oh, and did, I think I'm gonna do that right now. Did you see? Speaking of the Dodgers and why you should hate them. I, well, I mean, because they're in California, they're LA. So obviously, the Trevor Bauer stuff is still under like investigation and court hearings. Yep. And, and he said, she said stuff back and forth. Yep. The Dodgers are so against him pitching for them again this season that they're paying him millions and millions of dollars just to sit out and hold tight. Yeah, they keep and they and it. they can get away with it. Yeah. Because it doesn't could you, matter for them. Could they have you funny imagine money. if the Milwaukee Brewers signed a guy long term for like thirty five million dollars a year and were just paying them to like chill and not play for you? I would be. I don't even know what we'd do, Rowdy. I would be. We would be yelling about it constantly on air every day. We would be pissed, wouldn't we? Because we don't have the wallet like the Dodgers do. The Dodgers can just throw away money. I mean, the, they're literally just throwing away money. The Dodgers have. Well, I guess three. But that's, that's California, right, Rowdy? Throwing away money. They're not lying there. <laughs> what are you going to say? The Dodgers have three former Brewer li- relief pitchers, and two out of the three are on their roster because the Dodgers are a team that had the ability to throw that type of money at them that the Milwaukee Brewers didn't. And, and for example, those are that's Jimmy Nelson and that's Corey Knable. Corey Knable, if you remember when they, they traded him, yep. it's because he was due like $5.5 million. And would they have loved to have had a healthy Corey Knable? Yes, but he was coming off of multiple injuries. And at that price, they couldn't afford to roll the dice on a guy at five and a half million dollars. Look at their payroll. He'd probably be in the top eight guys paid on their team. Yeah. And, and that would be yeah. a relief pitcher that would be coming off of an injury. And you already had Josh Hader. You already had Devin Williams that had the type of season. The Haterade. I mean, they couldn't afford to roll the dice on that situation. And then the other one was Jimmy Nelson. 
I mean, we've seen Jimmy Nelson be really, really good in 2000. You know, he's shown flashes in 15, yeah. 16, and was really good in 17. And then injuries. And, and then tears his rotator cuff and was never the same. They had the the opportunity to throw some more money at him and pay him because if it doesn't work out for the Dodgers, a few million dollars here and there yeah, isn't going to make or break them when they're literally telling a guy that's that's getting paid 30-plus million dollars a year, yeah, they don't care. we don't need your services. They don't care, Rowdy. They don't, they, they don't care about money but over there. They your just checks are going to cash. Yeah, they just, they just throw money into the void, and whatever happens, happens. I would love to see that rematch. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I'm working on the verbiage for the Twitter poll right now. Do you think the Brewers, who currently are on pace for uh, 99 wins, can they eclipse the 100 mark? God, they are freaking hot as hell right now. And Rowdy, uh, let's see here, real quick. Let's just talk a little, a little bad quickly. Brett Anderson. <laughs> I'm surprised he finished that inning. To be completely honest with you, he got a liner to well, his shoulder, and um, his pitching shoulder too. He finishes the inning, and then the bullpen comes out. But can we, all right? Let's think about this, Rowdy. Brett Anderson and all of his, not all of his starts, but some of his starts recently, he got, uh, what was it, a cramp in his calf. That cut his, one of his uh, starts short. It's been his calf. It's been his groin. His groin it's, pulled. It's been his quad. It's been his hamstring. And, and, was, and was one too hot, one game too hot for him? That was the, no, no, you're. He finished that. No, he, finished he finished that game, start. but you're talking about his calf. Yeah. When he like, when he like limped off calf, because he had cramp. hamstring, groin. And quad, I think, are the four times he's left early outside of being hit in the arm. Yeah, and no fault to his own, really, by being hit in the arm last night. But it just goes to Brett Anderson and how many times this guy gets on the mound and just some bizarre injury or, yeah, bizarre injury happens. You're like, what the hell, dude? Did, who did you piss off? Did you did you, did you offend the baseball god somehow? I don't get it. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rowdy, just looking at this team, though, incredible. Well, after Anderson went out after two innings, one, like I said, I was surprised, and RJ, I think, was even more surprised in our DMs groups that uh, Brett Anderson finished that inning. Yeah. And you look at what the, that bullpen did afterwards. They had to cover seven innings. They gave up just two runs, and no. it was Justin Topa, who I think at this point, Probably is going to be best suited in AAA and getting more. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, getting, getting more work in AAA because out of the few times that he's come up uh, in the last month or so for the Brewers and gotten in there, he just hasn't looked very sharp. He's gotten hit around, and we know that that Milwaukee Brewers bullpen is deep. We know that oh, they're yeah. getting more guys back uh, from that COVID list and rounding out their uh, pitching rotation and their uh, just pitching staff in general in the next week or so, and. I just think that at, at this point, their better option is another guy that uh, has been throwing the ball well since pretty much their entire pitching staff has thrown the ball well. And and by the way, I checked in on the the pitching and bullpen and everything. Yeah. So the Brewers now have a top five staff when it comes to a pitching rotation in Major League Baseball. Nope, no doubt. They also have a top six bullpen when it comes to ERA. Remember earlier in the year when their bullpen was trash? And when it comes to whip? They're also in the top ten. Whip, and how about this? Um, more, you know, realization that we're living in strange times. Daniel Norris gets the win last night for the Brewers and looked decent in his one uh, inning that he pitched. He what uh, had w- one walk but struck out two. Rowdy Daniel Norris, a guy when he came over, was it from the Tigers? Is that where the Brewers got he him is from? Is from the Tigers. The Tigers. He just looked terrible. And now he's actually, you know, I mean, I'll take last night, take it with a grain of salt, maybe, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, Hunter Strickland comes in, he looked fine. Topa got hit around a little bit, like Rowdy was just saying. Then Daniel Norris, then Boxberger, then uh, Kurt Cousins' cousin, Jake Cousins, and then Josh Hader came in and uh, got his 29th save of the year. It was a bullpen game because Brett Anderson, again, has a weird start where he just can't seem to go too long because something crazy happened. Yeah, Jake Cousins got out of another jam. And I think a lot of people were probably wondering, where the hell is Devin Williams? Yeah, Council talked about that. I have comments coming up from Craig Council about Devin Williams. So we'll get to that. That is a Thanks for reminding me of that, Rowdy. Because, yeah, where the hell was the airbender? But we will get to that. Um, I think it was, was it Steve who called in yesterday? And Steve said, was it Steve that asked you who the hell does Jace Peterson, where did Jace Peterson come from? Or was that Tommy? I'm trying to remember who called it and asked uh, about, Steve, I think. Yeah, our guy Steve. Jace Peterson has been crushing it, dude. And he was really Lorenzo Kane, though. We gotta talk how Lorenzo Kane went from um really 
not being available. Well, he started the season, he had one good game against the Cubs early on, and then injuries and all kinds of stuff, and you're like, what's going on for Lorenzo Cain? He was absolutely uh, dynamic, a dynamo these past three games over the San Francisco Giants. Kane has now two home runs, five RBIs, and two stolen bases in these three games against the San Francisco Giants. Last night, Kaner, Kaner went uh, two for three with three RBIs and that solo shot in the eighth inning. Dude, Lorenzo Kane, Lorenzo Kane is uh, definitely back on my good list. So this one right here. Last night, Brewers have a chance to pin that on him. That ball's hit hard in the left center, you know, and that's going to get up yes. and get out. Or is it? Ruff plays it. Umpire says safe as if the ball's in play. Was, and I think it's brief pause. Now, Kane it's standing on second base, like, double. what the hell, dude? That's a home run. Yeah, one of the fans out there uh, <laughs> actually it hit off of his hand. Yeah, and went. But yes, it was it was a home run. They reviewed it. it nice took catch, like two no catch. Seconds. Yeah, Kane was on second base. Like um, that's a home run. What the hell's going on here? I think the biggest hit of the game, though, it had to be. Obviously, it was nice to see the Brewers jump on the the Giants yet again early in the game, as they scored two runs in the second inning. But I would have to say the clutchest at bat of the game was in the seventh inning with two outs, and Jace Peterson came out yeah, there and dude. got a huge base hit yeah, dude. to uh, give the Brewers a 3-2 to two lead. Was that in the that seventh point. inning? Yeah, seventh inning, breaking that up, and uh, Jace Peterson has... We'll talk. We have a lot of time today. We're here till 10 o'clock, obviously. Going to talk some Brewers. Nelly, we got Rob Reichel coming up from Forbes.com, talk some Packers. You were telling me, like, I was. Uh, you were keeping track of the Brewers, what they needed to do month by month, by month basis. Well, can, was, you, can you run that yeah, down? Yeah, that quick? was after we were... Obviously, the Milwaukee Brewers were one of the better teams in the month of April. It surprised a lot of people. And then you headed into May, and that was by far their worst month of the season. That was their only losing month so far of the season. Mm-hmm. And at the end of May, beginning of June, I started looking at each month, the teams they play, where they're sitting in the standings, You know how many games you think they'll win in this series and that series. And I started kind of putting together records of where I thought they would have to be to give themselves a shot. Because remember when we were looking at the schedule in September that all of a sudden we're like, oh, man, September could be a murderer's row in late May, uh, early June because of the teams where they currently were and how they were playing. Yeah. I figured that they had to be in a certain position to be able to uh, have a shot at winning the division. Reverse cowgirl. And they've exceeded those those expectations. And obviously it shows. Yeah. Brewers. From where they started the year, and that's why it's—I mean—that's why they play the game. It's a long season. You know, we always overreact, or we never underreact. I'll tell you that much. But uh, where they were starting to where they are now is just insane. Thirty games above five hundred the first time since two thousand and eleven. Well, in April they go sixteen and ten, and remember they were tied with the Kansas City Royals for the best record after the first month. Yeah. Well, one team for the most part has continued to be the best team in baseball. The other team is now closer to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> But in May, the Milwaukee Brewers went 13-15. and 15. It was their worst month. They lost a lot of games in which you thought they should have won. You turn around in June, and I was looking at it, and I go, man, they got to win like 17 games here. They're playing a lot of subpar opponents. Not only did they win 17 games, they finished that month 19-8. and eight. That's two games better than what I was anticipating. Then in July, I was looking at it, and I go, okay, schedule picks up a little bit here. They got to go at least a couple games over 500 this month. Well, they exceeded my expectations by one game in there. They went 14 and 10. <laughs> and then in August, <laughs> I figured they had to be, you know, probably at two, three games over 500 in August. Yeah. And now again, this was me doing this in late May, early June. Not only did they exceed my expectations in August, but they went 19 and nine, four games better than I anticipated they would have to be. So then, through those three months, they were a total of seven games better than what I thought they had to be to give themselves a, a shot at winning the division. Because if you remember at the beginning of the year, Ebo, yep, I thought the Brewers would win 88 games and they would get second in the NL Central. I thought the Cardinals would win the Central at 90 games. I thought it would take 90 games to win the Central. Well, going into September, they had outperformed my expectation by seven games. They had a 10-game lead. So had they had they uh, performed to my expectation, they would have a three-game lead, and I thought they would try and be fending off a closely contested 
NL Central down that stretch in a tough, tough uh, September. Well, they did much better than anticipated. They have a 10 and a half game lead as of today. And you look at that schedule for September, you now have one more game with the Giants. Three with St. Louis, who, yes, they're in uh, playoff contention. Three with Philly, who's starting to fall off. Three with the Indians, who basically shut the season down. Two with Detroit, who's, again, a team under 500. Three with Chicago, a team that's quit on the season. Another four with St. Louis, yes, in contention. Three with the Mets, but by then, they probably already quit on this season. Yeah, they're booing them again. And then to end it the last week of the, the year... Three with St. Louis, three with L.A. There it is. That murderer's row that was in late May or early June, no longer looking that tough, and you have a 10-game lead. <laughs> Love it. Rob Reichel, my man. What's happening, Robbie? How are we doing, brother? I'm living large and in charge, Rob. Rob, I'm playing the Lemon song uh, by Led Zeppelin, and I'm thinking, is J.K. Scott a lemon? He's been cut. The era's over. He's a lemon. Well, history will history will show him as a like a lemon car, no you know. When when you draft a punter, Evo, you you're expecting ten years of of pretty solid production out of that out of that position. You know, the overwhelming majority of teams find their punters after the draft. They don't use a fifth round pick on a guy. So, <laughs> yes, not and, and not just for his kicking. I mean, Nelly or Evo. I mean, uh, far and away, I think what a lot of people will remember most about J.K. Scott is those unbelievably feeble, pathetic, sad, atrocious tackle attempts that he made on a couple of long kickoff, long, long punt returns last year for touchdowns. One, I think, in the Eagles game, one by Keelan Cole in the Jacksonville game. Um, I mean, Evo, he went into the fetal position. He laid down. He, 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 he wanted no part of, of making a tackle. And I'll be honest. I mean, I, I, I really do think. Rob, I, you are nothing was, but honest, by the way. Okay. Right. I mean, that, I think that was 30% of why, you know, why he had to be cut. I mean, that, 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 that how does that not stick and resonate with a locker room and special teams so, coaches and, <laughs> and then general managers and, and the head coach, right? So, so uh, Rob, let me ask you. Yeah, then, no, I, I, I think Green Bay did a great thing the other day moving on there. I was kind of surprised they didn't move on from the long staff as well. I thought Hunter Bradley was going to get replaced. And, hey, there's, there's still what? 10 days till the, till the opener, he could get replaced, I guess. But, Robbie. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought they would, uh, you know, potentially recirculate two of those three, you know, try, try to fix two of those three spots on the, kind of on the core special teams units, the, you know, between the kicker, punter, and, and long snapper. And, and right now, Bradley seems he's on the roster. We'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but obviously Scott's gone. Robbie, I think the ideal profile for a Green Bay punter has to be John Ryan, a guy that was a former bartender, then punter, not afraid to stick his nose in there. Yeah. It's not a six-five string bean, J.K. Scott. How about Craig Hendrick, surviving testicular cancer? Now that's a stud, right? That 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 that's a guy who's, Survivor. who's got who's got some cojones to him, right? Or yeah. lack thereof. I guess. I mean, he, he Pat you know, McAfee. Someone said Pat McAfee. That's right. That, that that that's a tough. Answer. It's, that. it's funny. It's it's funny. Ron Wolf, you know, either late in the nineties or when he was gone, I can't remember exactly when. Guys, his greatest regret was not resigning Craig Hendrick. I mean, that, that's a punter. I mean, for, <laughs> that's, that's for that to be one of his regret. greatest regrets is, is absolutely so, hysterical. Um, but yeah, they they've been looking for a punter, guys. Really, a, a solid one for a long, long time here. Scott didn't fit the bill. I don't know how to say this guy's last name. I'm just going to call him Corey J for now. There you go. If he's good, we'll learn his name. If he's good, we'll learn his name. He's got a chance, yeah. So, Robbie, uh, the reason why, I mean, I don't want to spend any more time on the punters, but uh, real quick, Brian Gutekunst was asked on the podium yesterday if Aaron Rodgers, or if he essentially cleared these moves with Aaron Rodgers before he did it. Is that just an insanity or what? Or is this just what the season is going to be? Appease Rodgers and see what happens? Well, it had to be asked, and he kind of talked around it in circles. He's had great conversations with Aaron and other people, and and blah blah blah. I, I, I Evo, I, I would say he really, you know, if you read closely through that answer, he really didn't officially answer the question. I, I don't think for the most part. And again, I, this is you know somewhat speculation. I mean, when it, when it got down to the right, the, the the fourth safety to the ninth offensive lineman to the sixth line. Maybe on the wide receiver, there was a little bit of dialogue. 
But if you look at the overwhelming majority of these positions, this this was this was going to come to the you know, one one of the things when they redid the power structure over there, guys. That you know, Gutekunst was adamant about, um, and I talked to him about this one year at the scouting combine. One thing that he was adamant about was was maintaining control of the fifty three. He didn't want Murphy to be part of that. Other people in the organization, you know, it's always been the general manager who picked the fifty three. Now. Now, how much he involved Aaron in those conversations, guys, you know, I, honestly, we're never going to know that, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're exactly spot on. Evo, it is insanity that we're even having the conversation. Did the quarterback have a say on anything whatsoever? <laughs> I think if he did, Evo, it was minimal at best. Um, you know, maybe they said to him, hey, you know, it, 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 it's St. Brown or Taylor. What do you think? Again, I, we're speculating here. I don't think he had much say in the overall grand scheme of things. You know, trading for a punter, putting Bakhtiari on pump, uh, setting the defense, deciding on the 26 guys that made it on that side of the ball. Again, I, I think if there were any conversations, they were very minimal just to appease him because everybody's just trying to get through 2021 without this thing blowing up. Yeah, Rob Rochester joining us right now from Forbes.com. Sadly, a, uh, a, uh, a shorter version today, Robbie. I know we had some things to switch around, but that's okay. We love you no matter how much time we have you, Robbie. But hey, Well, let's just do two segments then, my brother. I love it. Nelly, are you okay if Robbie taking <laughs> taking over the race? I don't care. Rob, beautiful, Rob. I freaking love you, man. Hey, Rob, uh, really quick then, uh, when it comes to, you know, Gutekunz to, by the way, my conspiracy theory is that when J.K. Scott was holding that ball and Mason Crosby missed that field goal against the Buffalo Bills, Mason Crosby gave uh, J.K. Scott the death stare, and then Mason Crosby ran as fast as he could to Aaron Rodgers to tell, hey, Aaron, I don't want this guy on the team anymore. Cut him. And then Aaron told Goody to go do it. That's my conspiracy theory, Rob. But any other surprises for the cutdowns, Rob, at all for you uh, when it comes to the Packers trimming it down to 53? You know, there really was, and, and I wrote that the other day, Evil, you know, we you know, I, I reference this quite a bit. You know, we, we've had all these years and in, in, in the in the past, you know, the, the Lynn Dickey-Paul Coffin release in 1986. Dickey had been the quarterback for a decade. Coffin, arguably the greatest tight end in, in, in franchise history, right? Josh Sitton getting the axe in 16. Mike Daniels getting the axe in 19. It, it seems there's always kind of this minor surprise or two or, or even some years as kind of a major shocker, but... This, this roster, guys, I, I think even dating back to, let's say, you know, the middle of May after the draft, a lot of us could have thrown a 53-man out there and probably had 50 of them at that point in time. Um, you know, a guy like Jack Heflin who, who comes in out of nowhere and, and makes the team as an undrafted free agent, there's always one of those stories out there. Um, you know, Rivers, the outside linebacker, has, has only been around for four weeks. He's a little bit of a surprise. I mean, but guys, we're, you know, we're talking there about players between 45, 47, and 53 on the roster. I mean, this group has been put together, built to win, largely established guys for, you know, several months now. The whole key, obviously, through the summer was getting the quarterback to come back to Green Bay, and, and they accomplished that. And then, and then the other stuff was kind of minor, guys. Um, and, you know, St. Brown getting, getting the axe, Ben Braden. I mean, not, none, of, none of that is, is earth-shattering, you know, stop the presses kind of news. So, really, I mean, the big story of the day, people, was obviously Bakhtiari going to pump. And, yeah. and now we're going to have some issues on the offensive line, I think, the first six weeks of the year that they've got to fight through. Rob, uh, you want to stand hold then, brother? Let's stay on hold and do it again when you come out. Right back at it with our guy, Rob Reichel. Rob, just, just radio terms, we got a hard out. At 8.59.42, just an FYI, my friend. How about that jargon for you? I'll do my best to keep it short. (laughs) Rob, that's funny. You got jokes today, buddy. (laughs) Hey, Robbie, so I want to talk to you really quick about, uh, you know, week one tomorrow, or tomorrow, uh, next week, I should say, next Sunday, as the Packers were going to go down to New Orleans. Obviously, Hurricane Ida had other plans, unfortunately, for a lot of people down there. And now they're going to Jacksonville to play. How good is this, though, for the Packers, again, avoiding... First, they avoided the crowd last year. Now they avoid the Superdome altogether. It'll be a borderline home game. I mean, I would think it's 70, 30 or more Packer Nation down there. And it, it, it's funny. I've read a couple of counts out of New Orleans, and you probably read the same thing, Evo, that you know, the, the, the Saints gathered as a staff and said, where is it going to be toughest for Packer Nation to get to? And, you know, they were exploring various sites and, and options. 
options for that game, obviously. And, you know, that they went to places like Studlove and, and, and things like that, right? They, they went to travel sites and said, well, a trip to Jacksonville is going to cost double a trip to Arizona or, or you know, or, or double a trip to Dallas or wherever it, you know, turned out to be. And, and you know what's funny, Evo? Yeah. Packer fans don't care. No. They, you know, it, it, it's like Kentucky Wildcat basketball fans. I mean, they'll, they'll take out second and third mortgages. You know, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll skip their two trips to the dentist this year and, yeah. and things like that. It, it, it doesn't matter. They will show up in droves. And, and ready to party. It will almost be like a home game. Now, now the heat's going to be excessive. You remember a few years back, they started their year down there. Um, but, know, Rob, that's why they back. make beer cold and wet, buddy. You, yep, you've got that right. I mean, if they do the right things next week in terms of hydration and, and getting their bodies right, this is a huge break for the Packers. Instead of, you know, playing in front of, of that building, you know, the, the Superdome, where, let's be honest, that's the top three or five home venue in all football. You know, it, it's going to turn into a borderline home game for Green Bay. I mean, it, it, this was the year that they had eight home games and nine road games in this new 17-game schedule, and it's almost going to be now like they've got nine at home and eight on the road. Yeah, hey, Rob, uh, one last thing and before I let you go, and you, I'll, give you a, I'll give you about two and a half minutes on this one. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Love, the summer of love is over. What did we see from the young kid? A lot, a lot, and I, I thought it was really interesting. Brian Gutekunst just gushed and he raved yesterday when he was asked specifically about love and, and his summer. And, um, you know, he went on a couple different times about just how overall impressed he was. And, I mean, Evo, keep in mind, he was playing with, with backups and third stringers around him, guys that are on the roster today, um, you know, playing without three or four of his top offensive linemen, you know, playing most of this, this, this camp. Um, at least in the preseason games, you know, without his top four wide receivers, a lot of that was, you know, certainly no Aaron Jones, a lot of it without Dylan. Um, and, and Evo, he was, he was poised, he was calm, he was, you know, he, he, he wasn't bothered by the rush. He kept his eyes downfield. He made a lot of un, a really good throws. He, he exhibited the arm strength, I think, is, is you know, that, that told people why Kudakun's traded up to take him in, in, in the first round. His legs. You know, a, a really, really good Evo, um, and he didn't even use them all that much, and he, and he can once, once we get, uh, you know, to 2022, and theoretically he takes over as, as, as the starting quarterback. He obviously has a couple of boneheaded plays and throws he wants back, and, and he's going to get better from that stuff, Evo, but, but I thought it was really good. He was able to bounce back, you know, from missing that second preseason game with, with kind of a dinged-up shoulder and, and come back last week and, and play that game um in Buffalo, and I, I, you know, against Buffalo's number ones. I mean, yeah. that's going to be a top ten defense, Evo. And and he was playing with a lot of guys that you know are, are looking for looking for jobs today. And uh, they moved the ball up and down the field against that defense. And and I'll be honest, Evo. Um, you know, I know they never got in the end zone, and you know, I know Crosby missed a short field goal, but 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 that was a really impressive effort. And, and overall, I, I I you know I would give love a beat plus Evo for the love summer. It. Love it, Rob. Uh, one last thing. Um, Brewers related. The Brewers are now in the month of September. The last three Septembers, the Brewers are fifty-four and twenty-seven. It is now dubbed Craig Tember. Any uh, any well wishings for Craig Council? Well, they're sixty-one and twenty-nine. I was also telling Nelly since the Adonis trade. So both of those numbers we just threw at people. That means they're winning about two out of three. Um, the only thing I'll say is stay in that number two hole. Don't pass the Dodgers and don't pass you know don't don't stay out of San Francisco here because. Uh, you don't want to play both, right, in the yeah. postseason. Stay in that two-hole, play the winner of the East, and then let the Dodgers and the Giants beat each other Robbie, up. I, n- I noticed you didn't give any well wishes to Craig when I asked you any well wishes for Craig. That's, <laughs> that's okay, though, Robbie. We love you, Robbie! Did you know he's from Whitefish Bay? <laughs> you know his nickname is the Angry Rooster? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we love you, man. We'll check your work out, Forbes.com, Twitter, at Rob Reichel. You demand, Robbie. Missed you last week. Good stuff. Thanks, buddy. See you See soon. You, there he is. Rob Reichel, our guy. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet. You win, you get paid. BetUS.com. We welcome in Andrew Wagner from Forbes.com. Dear friend, very handsome man. Uh, knows the throwback of Miller High Life Light, which is now, I think, 
bunk and void. Uh, Andrew, good morning. How are we? Good morning. And then I'm well. That's good. Do you have high, have you stocked up on high life light like uh, Elaine does with the sponges in Seinfeld? I I may have a can or two um, at my at my disposal if needed in a time of emergency. Yes, uh, well, that's good one. And now we welcome in young Ben Kenny. Uh, ben, good morning. Good morning. Did I see Andrew Wagner and Ben Kenny over here tag teaming the haters on Twitter together? It was more of a one-man show. I think it was just Andrew. Andrew, are are you taking on the haters for Ben? I I apparently was. I was unaware at the time of that that what I was doing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, apparently what? I'm Ben's hired hitman now. Ben, how does that feel? I mean, was it the city of of uh, Philadelphia that brought you guys together? Yeah, it was fine. I the <laughs> the guy said he doesn't like me because I think Justin Fields can play quarterback. And Andrew Wagner, you're like I'm going to defend Ben tooth and nail, yeah. That was more defending Justin Fields in that situation. <laughs> I was just, um, and I was wondering if you guys knew each other and like how you knew each other. I saw well, this a, this exchange did start though because I was professing my admiration for Bryce Harper, and Andrew said, and he'll be watching the playoffs from his couch. Since Andrew sent that tweet, the Phillies are four and zero and have gained four games in the standings. Wow, Andrew. Better send me some damn Wawa. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious on that. And real quick, Ben, um, and we'll get Andrew. We're going to just pick your brain. Real quick, Ben, we do have a question. Uh, someone on Twitch.tv says, I need help with my fantasy draft. Do I touch anyone on the Eagles? Generally, I would say no. I mean, yeah. like they're Just give me one name. Dallas Goddard. All right, th- end. There you go, Nona. There you go. Thank you, Ben. We'll get back to you a little later. Andrew, it's Craig Tember. The Brewers are 54-27 and 27 on their last three Septembers under Craig Council. That's pretty good, eh? Yeah, the mad genius gets to do his magic again. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. How about last night, man? Uh, Andrew, we, they went out, obviously, in San Francisco. Do you like the 845 uh, first pitches here? Because as a guy that gets up at 4 a.m., i got to say they're pretty tough. I, I, I like it better than I like 9 o'clock. Um, what are you trying to say right now? Because it is 905. I know. No, I mean, I like it better than 9 p.m. You know, it's 15 minutes better. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. The Cardinals did the same thing. They started their games at 6.45, and I know the Brewers starting next Tuesday will be back to those 6.40 starts. I, I like it. I, I I think that's like the sweet spot for me because you still have a little bit of a day. You're not getting out of there at the wee hours of the morning, so... Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, Rowdy's Rowdy's has no problem doing it. I think he said he's going to have a nap today. But Andrew, uh, I'll also take a nap today because I tried to stay up. Andrew, looking at this, Lorenzo Cain has been a beast these past couple games here. In fact, uh, the past two games betting, what was it, Rowdy? Five seventy? I don't know. That's you and RJ staff. Five seventy one. So Low Cain was saying, uh, as long as this it's a very deep team, and as long as they can keep swinging these sticks, they got a really good chance. Is it truly that uh, the pitching is going to give you everything you need and more? And if the Brewers can stay hot uh, with the sticks, which it looks like they are, they can, I mean, NLCS bound. Do I dare say that? Is it truly just we rely on the bats to take us to the NLCS because we know what we have in the arms? I, I think that's pretty fair. I think NLCS bound is the minimum you should expect. If, if they're swinging the bats the way they have been the last couple of weeks, I don't see why they can't play into the series. You know, they have got especially if Yelich is, is truly hitting again, Oof. and he, everything that he's shown lately, absolutely. Uh, and when Kane is going hot, the rest of that offense is so much better. This is a team that that has a legitimate chance, and you've never been able to really say that before. Like they, they have a legitimate chance. When you, when you look at what their strengths are, those are the things that win you games in October. They've got some of the best starting pitching in all the game. Their bullpen is ridiculous. Uh, and not just the obvious of Williams and Hayter. You look at what Boxberger has done. You look at what Strickland has done. Uh, you look at Jake Cousins has done. And even look at what Brent Suter has done. You know, they they you get any kind of lead uh, against the team, and it, it's pretty much over at this point. It's over. Well, how how just like how 
how good does it feel for them to go out? Now, the San Francisco Giants were first place in the NLS for three months. The Brewers have now put them down to second and taken the series, taken the season series, right, Rowdy? And now uh, just look like they are the best team in baseball. How does it feel to, you know, just to kind of wash the taste away from the mouth of when the Giants were at AmFam Field to what they're doing now against the one of the best teams in baseball? You know, that series at AmFam Field was so misleading, too, because those games were, were so close. You know, the Brewers were, you know, within a hit or two uh, uh, of sweeping. Or, uh, catching a fly ball on right field. Right. You know, there's so much weirdness that went on. Now, they could have very easily, you know, blown that first game and gotten swept, but all three of those games were close. The Brewers were much like the Giants this time. The Brewers were ridiculously shorthanded. Their bullpen had been decimated by COVID at the time. Uh, and it showed because all those games were, were lost or decided in the late innings. Um, this series is impressive. You know, I, I went into it saying, you know, it, it's not really, I didn't look at this as a barometer of anything or a precursor of what's to come, but, you know, for the Brewers to hold their own in this series like they have and, and you know, have a chance to go for a sweep, despite losing, you know, their, their starting pitcher, you know, early yesterday, <laughs> Real quick, can I ask you, uh, Brett Anderson, I saw I'm on your Twitter account at by Andrew Wagner, which is a phenomenal follow. I recommend everyone do it. Uh, you had quote tweeted uh, Brett Anderson from July 12th saying, uh, Shohei Otani once hit one off my left ass cheek at 114 miles per hour on the fly. Didn't feel great. Is Brett Anderson, did he anger the baseball gods? Did he steal Joe Boo's rum? Because it's always like a cramp or a groin or now he's got hit by a baseball. What is going on? With the, I feel like he can never get a legit start under his belt. He really he's been, he he's been burned, man. Like he is he must have like dug up somebody's grave or built his house in the wrong space or something, but like <laughs> that dude has been snake bit this year. Um but you know, the cool thing is he he has the potential to come off as a real jag, but he doesn't. Like he absolutely doesn't. Like he, Is that how people describe the, you sometimes? I mean, this yeah. Guy, this guy got the potential to come up with his real jag, but he's actually pretty cool. Unlike, unlike Brett Anderson, who's like actually really cool about it. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he gives off that demeanor of like, God, this is going to be the worst post game interview ever. And aside from being a low talker, like, oh, he's great. He, he he takes you know he, he takes full responsibility for everything. He's ticked off that he's coming out of games early, like, you know. It, it, it's impressive, and I think that's one of the reasons too why they're having success. Like he's he's one of those guys that cares. He's a veteran guy that's been there. He understands, you know. He understands what he's putting the bullpen through, um, and, and he appreciates that situation. Like, yeah, I don't know, there's something that's really impressive about Brett Anderson in the way that he's been unimpressive, and I, I don't mean that in like a derog- no, I don't mean that in like a derog- no. I love that. Way, I like, like that. I like that a lot. It seems he's like a guy that you know, like the demeanor. It's like a Jay Cutler kind of demeanor uh, to a degree, I guess. It's like a guy yeah. that comes off like kind of abrasive and doesn't really care. But then once you talk to him, you're like, okay, this guy actually is like this guy's like 100, percent 110 percent invested. Impressive by being unimpressive, which is pretty much how like every date has ever described me in my life. Well, I mean, where are you taking him? Besides the magic, magic mountain, where Arby's? Oh, they have the meat. That's what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, never mind. I'm not gonna say the joke. Uh, Andrew Wagner joining us right now from Forbes.com. Andrew, it wasn't a joke about you. Um, Andrew, when it comes to the Brewers right now, they are what 30 games above 500 the first time since 2011. Does this team feel? I mean, I already know the answer, but I'm asking anyways. Is this team just com- the feeling completely different than 2011? It is, and I, I, I can't explain how it is. You know, 2011 felt like. Okay, 2008 felt like, okay, finally. Um, 2011 felt like, okay, this is it. This is our chance, and it's going to be a while before we can do it again. Um, and, and those were two different things. The franchise was in a different position at that time. Yeah. Um, 2018 it was a little weird just because it all happened so fast. You know, everything that happened there at the end of the season, by the time you didn't really – understand what had happened until it was over because you were running off adrenaline for so long. Um, this just feels different. There's something that's been methodical about it all year. 
You know, they just go out there to take care of business. You don't really feel that buzz yet. Um, I think it was a little different. That's because you're drinking Miller High Life Light. That's why you're not feeling the buzz yet. Yeah, well, not when I'm out, like, in public. It's in the backyard in the workshop there, son. Relax. Well, if you want to feel a buzz, you drink something that doesn't Miller High Life Light. I well, mean, if I'm trying to get a buzz, I'm not drinking beer. Okay, okay, okay. Touche, touche. I was drinking a bourbon Manhattan last night, but touche. A bourbon Manhattan. Up. Are you even allowed? And people yell at me for being a bad Wisconsinite. What are you talking? Well, I mean, I didn't have. I ran out of my brandy. It's usually a brandy Manhattan, but I ran out. Okay. Well, which I guess would be a bad Wisconsinite because I don't have uh, brandy on deck. You know, so shame on me. I don't like brandy, buy... so we're all good. What? I don't. Things the, the list of Wisconsin things that Wagner does not enjoy: bourbon, fish fries, what? Culver's. What? Why are you Aaron on? Rodgers Why do I have you on these Packers. The Packers? Spotted cow. Anything else? Anything else you got to gripe about? Is this like the airing of grievances right now? I'm going to have to pin is you because you're pissing me off. Now. Is it Festivus? Yeah, okay. What is happening right now? What kind of, you're a bad Wisconsinite. Shame on you. Bad man. Bad man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I make no apologies for it either. Well, we don't apologize on the show either, so it's fine. It, it, then you do fit in, in here, despite being everything against that we stand for, Andrew Wagner. I, I, Fish fries are just terrible, and so is Spotted Cow. That needs to be said. I'm gonna hit the dump button. I, th- I feel like I have. To, I feel like that's worse than any four-letter word that could be said on this program. I feel like I have to dump you. But ben, I, ben will appreciate this. Yingling, insanely better than Spotted Cow. Ben doesn't even. We have free beer all the time. Ben won't even take one. That's because it's nine in the morning. I need to do my job. Ben, I'm drinking some, at six a.m. in the morning. Some people my job. can multitask. There's there's free beer. I I will say <laughs> yes, there's that beer. Yingling is incredibly slept on in this country. I don't, can you even get Yingling in Wisconsin? I don't think you can. Not yet. I hear it's happening soon. Andrew. Andrew, did you hear the? Did you hear what I have to say? First, he called me old the other week because I'm 33, <laughs> and then he says like, "I can't drinking beer at 9 a.m. I have to do my job." Andrew, I'm drinking beer at 6 a.m. sometimes here. In fact, Saturday I'm gonna be drinking beer at se- or a Bloody Mary at 7 a.m. and then getting on air at 9 a.m. to do the Badger our Badger pregame show. Which, by the way, He's come on. Calling you old and you're 33, son. I'm 43. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Okay, here's th- here's what I like to live by, though. You know, when it comes to this show, I'll never hang up on anybody. I'll accept uh, anyone on here to talk whatever they want to talk about, as long as it's like not like insane, like like you know what I'm saying, like so beyond that it's the realm of just anything that's intelligent. Then I'll hang up. But sometimes I like to hear everyone's side of the story. So Andrew, despite you hating everything that I hold near and dear in my heart, I still love you. Okay, brother. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Andrew, uh, looking here uh, at the crew, I saw this, and maybe you love this. I hope you love this, because if you don't, then I'm going to have to hang up on you. I saw the Brewers post about it. The man, the myth, the legend. September 25th, it's going to be at AmFam Field. They're going to honor Hall of Fame broadcaster and the voice of Brewers baseball, Bob Euchre, celebrating his 50th season behind the mic. Tell me you love Bob Euchre. You know what we were thinking about this the other day? So Bob Euchre is celebrating his 50th season behind the mic. Um, and we just had the announcement that Ted Davis, great call for the Bucks, is hanging up after 24 years. You know, that just 50 years of doing a job uh, that most guys are, you know, to do 25 is considered a long time now. That's, that's impressive. You mm-hmm. get something else. Like, he is. He is a national treasure. Okay. He is a Wisconsin treasure, a national okay, treasure. Okay, good. You're, you're gonna the man was on Mr. Belvedere and Carson. How can you like have anything ill to say? And Major about League. Bob and Major and League. Major League. And he was in the WW, uh, the WWF at the time as well. He's in the Hall of Fame, I believe, for the WWF. This man, like the, Bob Euchre, like I know there's that statue of him um, sitting up there at Amphan Field. There needs to be a statue of Bob Euchre put up in every single city, town. Uh, unincorporated in Wisconsin. He is truly Mr. Wisconsin. Agreed. I love that, man. Uh, Andrew, I love you. If we want to uh, follow along with everything you're doing, despite bagging on, you know, fish fry and brandy and you name it, the Packers, buy Andrew Wagner. Oh, Chris, Greg Gard. What, 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 what's going on here? What's oh, Ben knows. Ben, ben knows my great about Badger football. I heard an oh, come on from Ben in the studio groan. Yeah, your hatred of Paul Chris is stupid. You and Dave from Anona would get along great, I think. 
Let's see. Let's see. I can predict this year already without having to even – I don't even know who's on the team, but I'll tell you, they'll go 10-2, they'll get whooped by Ohio State in the championship game, they'll go to some lame old New Year's Day bowl that everyone thinks will be the greatest thing ever because, well, it was Wisconsin, we only care about academics, which is a load of crap. It's just the line they hide behind so they can make excuses for getting whooped up by Ohio State Jeez, every year and never this? making the playoffs. What is happening right now? So am I wrong? I take it you're am not, I wrong? I take it you're not going to come party with us Saturday, lead them to the Patrick game. No, no. <laughs> I'll buy you beer. No, you well, Barry's not around anymore. I'll, I'll explain so to you who's on the team and why they're actually going to be really good this season. And I, think I know the Wonderboy quarterback. Everyone's fawning over him. I bought you a shirt of of his website. I guess I have to. Andrew, I just appreciate the fact that, given the opportunity, you did come up with saying they'll have at least ten wins, and as long as they get ten, I'll be a happy man. I mean, I mean, UW Oshkosh will get ten wins against the Big Ten West. They're going to lose. That's this is this is this segment has now jumped the shark. The only the only games that they won't lose are going to be the games against like the actual good teams in their division or non-conference. They're going to get whooped by Notre Dame because that's a good team. Because Jack Gordon's great. All right. Uh, I, I, full disclosure, uh, we're on Twitch, obviously. Twitch.tv, my name, Ebo says, there is G-Dub who's going to party with us on Saturday. And he says, who is this guy? I want to kick his ass. If I see him Saturday, <laughs> I'm going to punch him. <laughs> because I'm right. Because mediocrity is the name of the game. Uh, you were also called the Jack Winning Wagon. 10 games is not mediocre. It is when you don't go to the playoff. You're playing one of the best programs in the country Andrew, every year. Andrew, when you're, Andrew, when you're Andrew, consistently wins. going, when you're consistently going to games high. that don't mean anything, like the New Year's Day Bowl games are now the NIT. It doesn't. Andrew, for your outro song today, before... There might be like a riot happening here with like the things you're saying. Actually, right actually, I gotta say this. I'm gonna go on Andrew's side on that one. Rose Bowl really doesn't mean jack crap anymore. Well, yeah, anymore. Expect more. Andrew, Expect just for more. you, I'm playing um, Cheeseheads with Attitude. Their song "Cheesehead Baby" for your outro song today. Can you hear it? Oh. Can you hear it? I woke up for this. I woke up for this. <laughs> I, I woke up for you to this. Come on, just listen. Can you sing along the course with me? I cannot. Hey, sure. No, I'm too angry now about. I'm too angry now about the Badgers. Don't you know, Andrew's a cheesehead baby, the pride of Wisconsin. Andrew, we love you, baby. Despite you hating everything I love, but I still love you. Okay. All right. All right. Well, bye, Andrew Wagner, for all the hate tweets. See you, Andrew. See ya. <laughs> well, first, our thoughts are, are with everybody in New Orleans. That's a that's a bad deal that they're going through. So we'll adjust and. Yeah, there are some adjustments in terms of there's some positives that it probably won't be quite as loud, but the negative is it's it's hard to simulate that kind of heat. So our guys are going to have to do a great job of hydrating and you know taking care of their bodies all week. No stranger to hydration and taking care of his body, our NFL insider for the Packers, Mike Clemens. Mike, good morning, man. What's going on today? I uh, hydrate often and frequently. But you know something? I was at this game. Now I can't believe it's been five years already. Packers open up the season against the Jaguars and Big Mercedes Lewis when he was playing for the other guys, and it was it was it was brutal, man. I mean, it was really it was really brutal. Oh, whose phone is this going? Mike, on? you're a wanted man, Mike. I'm, everyone everyone wants you, brother. I'm glad I got you oh, right now, though. You know what? It's Brett Favre again. You know, I'll Uh-oh. just put that on. Do not take. Is he is he is he thinking about coming out of retirement, Mike? Yeah, he's just he's just he's just a bother. Mike, man. I'm glad that Brett Favre is calling you and not <sighs> sending you solicited texts. <laughs> I just, he, what are they saying about me now? It's calls like that. They drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, was, was we were, we were in cross. Jacksonville and it was 95 degrees. The average. Temperature these days down there is about 88, 90 degrees. And I'm telling you, man, it, it flips the field a little bit for the kids from Wisconsin when they got to play in that. It was so bad down there that day that uh, at halftime, um, I was looking up from my notes and I was doing a live report, and I look up, it's like all of a sudden half the bowl was empty. <laughs> like where all the fans go. And then, you know, Ebo, you know Bart Winkland, right? Yeah. He, he went down to the game with me. He was. He took a picture. He came upstairs. He goes. All the fans got into the concourse to get out of the heat. They were baking out now, there. No, Mike, in that stadium, don't they have like pools there? Don't they have like? like can't you like sit in a pool there? Not in Jacksonville. I, I maybe I'm thinking of uh, maybe I think Tampa. I think, I think you're Tampa, thinking of Arizona for baseball too. 
Tampa? Oh, yeah. Well, they need a no. pool then. <laughs> but but whatever. I mean, they had, they had a good crowd turnout. You know, they had their tailgates there in Jacksonville and all that. But, I mean, you could there was mothers that were trying to feed their children water, running out of bottled water. It was It was pretty... Pretty crazy situation. Well, Mike, so, here's the thing: it's like a, there's a ton of Packer contingency down there, right? Like it's probably going to be like more of a home game for the Packers, and I got to imagine there's going to be a lot of snowbirds, a lot of guys you know that are maybe a little older, so they need as much water as they can get. Mike, we need water well, down there. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, mixed with any brandy or beverage of your choice. But uh, thank you, brandy. Yes. The uh, uh, you know the thing about it, Sean Payton was asked. Well, he just, he he put that out emphatically. He and Mickey Loomis did not want this game in Green Bay because. You know they didn't want they they didn't want the crowd getting into it, so this is the best that they could come up with it. So, um, but I think the you know the one big story coming out of the roster situation, everybody's focused on Jordan Love, everybody's focused on uh, David Bakhtiari and the PUP. We kind of predicted that they were running Elton Jenkins at left tackle every snap they could get in OTAs and minicamp and training camp and the preseason because that's what the plan was going to be all along. And uh, so yesterday was a time to get an update on Sidarius, who only practiced once in camp about two and a half weeks ago on a Monday, and the next day was described as having a setback with this back injury he had. So we asked LaFleur about the status of outside linebacker Zadarius Smith. I'd say he's, he's up in the air, but he is getting better on a daily basis, and he's really putting the time in, and I know our... I, Trust our training group, uh, Flea and those guys are, are doing an outstanding job with him. And I think Z, he wants to he wants to be out there, and so we're optimistic that potentially that he'll he'll be back out there sooner than later. Mike, I feel like they say this every time that's the podium about Zadarius Smith that oh he's looking good, then there's a setback. Oh he's looking good, then there's a setback. What the hell's going on? He actually hasn't been asked about that very much, and that was my point as I was you know talking to you guys a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, you know. We spent all this time worrying about Jordan Love and the offense, and I, I said, you know what? I'm 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 moving to the other end of the field, and I'm going to start watching yeah. defense because it's defenses. Aaron Rodgers is on fire. You know, he and Devontae, and you got Aaron Jones back, and we know that AJ Dillon can can do it, uh, and the tight ends are great. Uh, I'm I'm going to start watching defense, and so that's why I started watching the back end of what was going on, and then when Randy Ramsey went down with the turned out to be a season-ending foot injury about a week into practice, then you start seeing these guys are bringing in. They brought in this one guy, Chauncey Rivers. Now, he grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. That's that beautiful mountain just north of Atlanta. And he went to a, he went to a high school there. Then, you know, he had some trouble. Uh, he was going to be accepted at Georgia, got arrested for pot Oops. Like three times Oops. in a seventh-month period. He went to a community college, East Mississippi Community College. Netflix did a series uh-huh. there yes. called Last Chance You, yes. uh, and uh, and so he was he was in that thing. He got picked up then by uh, Mississippi State, and it turns out another guy had the same path about five years ahead of him. Preston Smith, same high school, hmm. same college. So when Chauncey made the roster the other day by his flashes in the preseason and at the back end of the line of the outside linebackers. And, you know, it didn't hurt that, you know, that Ramsey went down and they brought him in when he was there on waivers. Uh, He made the team, and uh, he said that when uh, he saw Preston first thing in the the team cafeteria when he arrived in Green Bay about August uh, 6th, I think that was, Preston laughed. And then just said, you know, all right, it's it's time to get to work. So uh, we asked Chauncey, how did you make the team as a guy off the street like that and you're now on the 53 at outside linebacker? I love Mike Smith. He's done a number on me since I got here. Uh, just helping me with techniques, helping me with little tweaks in my game where I can get better at. And obviously it just, it's, it's been helpful. I mean, because I've displayed my talent. And I've made plays. So, I mean, it's, he has a good coaching technique. He has and he has coached a lot of great players. So, I mean, when you when you get a guy like that who can coach you up and give you the knowledge and show you how to do it and what you're doing and why you're doing it, you just got to listen and take it all in and just show it on the field. That's what you want, guys, right, that are like a sponge out there, right, Mike, soaking up everything. That's it. You know, and he's got a second chance, a sh- second shot here at the NFL. Um, he's, you know, had a, a rough path, but he's a kid that in 
playing high school football in Georgia, and they've got great football programs down there. Was trying to was determined to say, you know, I'm hungry for it, and and I'm going to get to the NFL one way or another. And then this other story we've got that's on defensive line. Now these are guys that may be inactive, mm-hmm. okay, but just the fact that from where they came from, the fact that they made the 53 on Tuesday is says something. It says something. And then we'll see what they do with their opportunities. So another one is this kid on the defensive line, Jack Heflin, number 90. Now, if you've seen him in some of the preseason games, but he's been flying around. So he got up onto the 53-man roster. He's from Prophetstown, Illinois, which is in the northwestern part of the state. I think the, the county's there on the on the Mississippi. You know who else is from that town of 2000? Who? Your Brett Bielema. Oh, Bert? The head coach of your Fighting Illini. Wow, days. I heard they got a really good all-you-can-eat buffet there. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's just what I heard. But this kid I, this kid is a great storyteller, man. I mean, he's out, he comes from kind of a poor family. It's his mom and then a stepdad and hungry. He got into Iowa. And then he got the Packers to give him a look. And so, you know, he talked about uh, making the roster uh, now, the 53 on Green. And he's, you know, he's, he's there watching guys like Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster, who's also a guy that came from, you know, the state of Illinois and Northwestern, and Kingsley Kiki. And now he's in the mix with those guys. Everyone knows the four older guys. And, like, they set the standard. And, like, for me, just to be able to watch them work, Coach Montgomery did a great job, like I have it, like breaking down the film for us. So it's really for me. It's I, I know I have the ability to play good ball, and it's just believing in myself, and that's what Coach Montgomery told me. And I just went out there, and I'm I just like I'm gonna have no fear of failure. Like this is the key that we're getting. I'm just gonna go out, play as hard as I can, trust it, and then if they they break a tendency, you gotta play play off it. But yeah, I just went out there and just just went for it because. Not too many people from my hometown, like I said before, get this opportunity. So it's like I, I got a lot of people counting on me, and I got a lot of people that I, I don't want to screw this up for them because everyone's riding on my back for this. That's a feel-good story right there, Mike. I like that. My question is then, you know, does Aaron Rodgers love this guy? Because does Aaron Rodgers have final say on who made this 53-man roster? I, You know, I don't know. I'm sure the one thing Aaron Rodgers just said is when one of these chats he had with good against on the field was, Okay, you're not going to do anything crazy with 18 or Mercedes Lewis, right? You're not going to do anything crazy. I mean, you know, like you know, like this big Kafusi kid uh, at six six and a great blocker at tight end, who they brought back onto the practice squad. You know, Equinemius St. Brown, he probably lost his job to Randall Cobb, even though he's been injured. Some people have been asking me too, Ebo. Um, why? Why do they keep him on the practice squad? It's like because you know what, he is talented. And you know what? He might be like the next Casey Hayward. And when Ted mm. released Casey Hayward, I understood it at the time because the, the injuries were, were early and often, and they just couldn't get back on the field. But then Casey suddenly got healthy and had a good run there with the Chargers. So maybe they still feel that same way about EQ. They also might be thinking about next year. What if they can't afford to bring Devontae back and all that? So he's back on the practice squad put out a tweet that he was grateful that he's still with Green Bay, and so they move on from there. So, yeah, uh, we were talking to uh, Goodykins yesterday about the fact that, um, you know, what's his relationship these days like with Aaron Rodgers and, and what's the communication like? You know, I, I've had really good conversations throughout camp uh, with Aaron and Matt, and, and I think the communication has been really, really good. And so the, as we went into this um, kind of decision-making period, I think uh, – you know, everybody, the, all the people that are kind of involved in that were um, very aware of what was going on and why we were doing what we were doing. So I feel really good about that, and um, the conversations that I've had with Aaron have been excellent. I wonder if Goody's just sick of, like, like, do I have to answer Aaron Rodgers' questions? And, Mike, speaking of questions, I was watching the Brian Gutekunst press conference, and I heard a familiar voice in the background, and that was Mike Clemens, who's joining us right now, talking to Brian Gutekunst. And Goody's like, man, that's a really good question. That's a tough one. Mike, you hit him with a hard-hitting question. Well, and the point of it was this, hey, I agree with you. The Aaron Rodgers questions are, that's clickbait, you know. I mean, Aaron's back in now. He's on board. You know, when in his off-season, he seriously thought, I don't want to get on this merry-go-round again, okay? And there's certain things that, for me, just aren't working in this organization, and maybe I need a change of venue. 
and you know, why don't you guys think about trading me? That's that all went on. But when he made up his mind and committed, he claims the weekend before training camp started. Now he's all in, and he's all over the field, and he's scheming plays, and he looks great. He might be, have had the greatest camp he's had in 17 years out there. Seriously, so he—that's not an issue anymore. But to me, the bottom line is this: you, you know, Ted Thompson got sick, and you asked him to step down, and Mike McCarthy's message got stale, and so did his coaching staff. He bad there for 10 years. He didn't freshen it up. So now you've made these changes. The structure that you, everybody reports to Mark Murphy. Brian Gutekinds has come in. He has changed the personnel department. Half of those guys are gone and working for other teams. Elliot Wolf, who was supposed to be the heir apparent, he's working for the Patriots right now, and Bill Belichick. So I asked Goody this yesterday. All these changes that you've made, you're entering your, you're about to embark on your fourth season in Green Bay. How have you made this team better? Yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a tough question because I've always kind of felt, you know, when Ted was here that um, you know we were doing a, a really good job, and uh, I think the one thing that I've always kind of well, whether it was when I was working for Ted or the way we do things now, and this goes not just within the personnel staff but or the coaching staff but throughout the building, I think it's and Mark does a really good job of kind of setting this tone that there's no complacency. You know what I mean? There's there's standards that we have, but there's no complacency. It's always looking to become better looking at your processes each and every year, each and every day, um, if there's a way you can get better, if there's a way that uh, you can tweak things from a number of different areas. And, um, you know, it's, it's goes, it goes from things like, you know, Mike Halbach and his football technology staff and some of the things we're doing there, or Chris Carr and sports psychology and some of the things we're doing there. I think it's just a, a constant kind of thought of, okay, you know, let's look at everything. And you have some foundational principles you never really want to get away from, but if you can – if you can kind of continue to evolve and, and um, become better, then we're going we're gonna to try to do that. Now, Mike, before we let you go, man, and we always love your time here, to me that was kind of word salady to a point because that's what GMs are really good at, right, and coaches. When they're on the podium, it's like a word salad. It's never really like answering. How did you – you asked him the question. How did you feel about his answer to your question? I think it was legit. I think that when Mark Murphy tried to describe – why he decided to fire Mike McCarthy, that he was the problem, he came up with the word stale. And you know something? The, the message was stale. Mm. You could see some of those in-game, the locker room post-victory celebrations that they post on the website. The guys weren't into it. No, You know, they just won a game, and it was just like, uh, okay, <laughs> it was Dullesville. There was not a spark there anymore. And so if that's the other word, then, is complacency. So in other words, well, you know, we drafted him. He's okay. He, you know, he'll, he'll get better. We'll just keep J.K. Scott around, you know? Yeah. No. No, we're, we yeah. are pounding. We are banging the shelves, the racks, and we're looking up and down. And we watched this kid last year in Buffalo, and now he's in camp against Johnny Hacker, the veteran, because Sean McVay is trying to push his veteran and at the end of the day, they didn't wait for cuts. They said, you know what, this kid that, that, that we've got that's from New Mexico that I put tape up, if you go to my Twitter account, you can see it, like three years ago, his first kick was 60 yards Oof. at 4.9 hang time in front of a bunch of scouts at a combine out in Phoenix. And so you, you trade and you, and you make bold moves because you know that you need to you can't have any more excuses when it comes to getting to the playoffs. So you get a you get a new punter. Yeah, Mike, we appreciate your time. I'm looking at your Twitter account right now. By the way, I suggest everyone go follow it at Mike Clemens NFL. And I'll leave it with this, Mike. Uh, you said, "Wow, I can see myself in Aaron Jones's sunglasses." Weird, Mike. You you need a pair of those sunglasses, my friend. Those will look super fly on you. They are, man. I, and, and you can look in, in Aaron Jones' uh, sunglasses, and you can say, "Oh man, my hair's out of place." Can you hang there, man? Hey, Mike, we love you, man. We appreciate your time, and we'll uh, keep listening. You know, and following you on Twitter, listening to the Bill Michael Show, and here as well, Mike. We appreciate it, man. Have fun in Green Bay. Thanks, Ebo. And there he is, Mike Clemens. 